so Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. do apologise if I cough during uh, my sermon tonight. I've had COVID for the last two weeks, joy and rapture, and I've still got a bit of a, uh, a cough, but I won't cough over you. Actually, I'm probably the most immune person in this building, having been double jabbed and just had COVID, but anyway, <laughs> let's just pray. Loving God, we just thank you uh, for the good news of Jesus. Thank you that we get to come and celebrate together, and thank you for your word that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that we can dwell in it now and hear from you. Please speak to us in your grace and in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, a few years ago, uh, I used to teach 17-year-olds uh, uh, the theology paper of the philosophy and ethics A-level. Um, I loved it. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed doing it. And towards the end of the course, I would always have all these 17-year-olds around to our house. It wasn't weird. It was a boarding school. That's the sort of thing we did uh, for a sort of revision session, uh, going over the sort of key essentials in preparation for their exam. And it felt, it, it, on those evenings, we always had lots of fun, did lots of work, and it felt like I was imparting my final words of wisdom, uh, that, that if they followed uh, the words that I was transmitting to them, they would get their A star or their A or their B or whatever they were aiming for. And my final words that I said to them as they left my house, usually the night before their exam, was something like this. And don't forget to pee on the page. Great words of wisdom. That was not because I was suggesting uh, how they might cope if they had a sudden uh, need for the loo in the middle of the exam, by the way. Uh, but because all year I had banged on uh, about how to structure an essay. And I used to use this anachronism, uh, an acronym, P, uh, make your point, uh, explain that point, and always use an example. Point, explain, example. Point, explain, example. P on that page in your exam. I would go on to them. It was like I was imparting my final wisdom to them. Here in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verses 2 to 6, we hear 
Paul imparting uh, words of wisdom, almost his final words of instruction and wisdom to the Christian church in Colossae uh, before he signs off his letter and ends and sends them out to live for Jesus. And what he says is not P on the page, you'll be delighted to know, but he says, devote yourselves to prayer and speak to others about Jesus. Dick Lucas, a really famous theologian who wrote a commentary on the book of Colossians, puts it like this. He says, Paul says two really important things. We need to speak to God about people. Devote yourself to prayer. And then we need to speak to people about God. That's the talking bit. Tell others about Jesus. He's landing this letter with the most important things that he wants to impart to these Christians. Speak to God about people and speak to people about God. And you know, I've been a Christian a long time, a lot longer uh, than Bruce. And these two things that Paul is wanting the Colossian Christians to to have at the forefront of their minds are still absolutely essential to my faith as it should be to all our faith. Speak to God about people and speak to people about God. So let's just spend a few moments looking at these. Speak to God about people. Verse two, Paul writes, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The most amazing privilege we have as Christians is the fact that we get to talk with live with, listen to, speak to, share our hearts with, live day to day with the living God. And I know that's something that Bruce has found to be really true over the last 18 months. The fact that he gets to speak to God about his heart every day. Pete Gregg, uh, in his book, How to Pray, says this, From primitive cave paintings to the whitewashed walls of the Royal Academy, the universal impulse to pray permeates and pulsates through human anthropology and archaeology, sociology and psychology. It is no exaggeration to say to be human is to pray. And so we're to devote ourselves to prayer. That means as disciples of Jesus... We're to devote ourselves. That means to commit ourselves, to persevere in prayer, to persevere in this ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father, with our friend Jesus. You know, I have a friend, you might have a friend a bit like this friend that I've got, I'm not going to say who they are, uh, who every time you speak with them, um, they always want to have a really intense conversation about really important things. Uh, And actually, I don't mind talking about really intense things that are really important uh, most of the time, but sometimes I just can't be bothered. And I want to talk, just chat about stuff. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Have you got friends uh, that are a bit like that? Being devoted, committed in prayer, it doesn't always mean that we have to have hour-long prayer times wrestling with God with the deepest issues that the world is facing. It doesn't mean that every day we have to go through a huge list of things we need to bring before God. 
It doesn't even mean we have to do our thank you, sorry, please prayer every day. Again, Pete Gregg says in his book, Dirty Glory, this, I think it's really helpful. He says, your relationship with God is at its best when you talk to him about trivia, just the everyday stuff. I would hate it if my children only spoke to me about grave matters of serious concern. If we're children of God, we're to speak with God about the things that are our everyday lives as well as the grave matters of serious concern. It's about a daily conversation, sharing our lives with God in prayer and speaking to God about people, not just ourselves. So that means speaking to God about our families or our friends. It means speaking to God about those people in our workplaces or our places of education or our workplaces or just telling him about the people that we love but also about the people that we struggle with, the people that we know and don't know, that person that you keep seeing on the bus. You might be the only person that ever prays about that person that you see every day on the bus. Or perhaps that person on your stair or your neighbor that you cross paths with, with, speak to God about that person. D.L. Moody uh, was a really famous American preacher, and he was somebody who had a heart for people and a heart for God and a heart for prayer. And he was devoted to speaking to God about people. And he was desperate for people to come to know Jesus as he had. And so one day he wrote down a list of a hundred people that he knew that he wanted to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior before he died. And he decided to pray to God about those people every day. And one by one by one, each of those people came to know Jesus So by the time Moody died, 96 of those people on that list of 100 had become Christians. And then the other four became Christians at his funeral. Isn't that amazing? Devote yourself to prayer. Speak to God about people. And as in any relationship, he wants to hear our thanks and our our praise as well. Paul says this, verse 2, devote yourself to prayer and be watchful and thankful. In this letter, Paul is constantly reminding the Christians to give thanks. Why? Because of everything that Jesus has done for them. Right early on in the the, uh, letter to the Colossians, Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14, Paul reminds these Christians this, you know, give thanks because Jesus has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Be thankful for this. And so when we pray, be thankful, have gratitude in your hearts, 
spilling over to God. Be thankful that Jesus has saved you. Be thankful that you experience his love every day. Be thankful for each other. Be thankful for this community. Be thankful for your connect group. Be thankful that you belong. Be thankful for your workplace. Be thankful that you can go to school or to university. Be thankful for that deep joy and sense of peace that you have found in Jesus. Be thankful Practice praise and thanksgiving and gratitude. Again, Dick Lucas says this, prayer cannot more exist without praise than there be praise without prayer. The one fuels the other. Prayer and praise come together. So devote yourself to, be, to prayer and be watchful and thankful. Be watchful. What does Paul mean by this? What are we to watch for? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this. It's in Revelation chapter 3, where Jesus says, Here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If you hear my voice... If we want to hear God's voice, we need to be watchful. We need to be watching out and listening out and hearing for what God is doing. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. You know, if you hear my voice and open that door, I will come in and eat with you. I believe that Jesus works supernaturally in the world. And sometimes when we're watching, when we're listening, we get to see what God is doing and we get to join in with what he's doing in the world. We get to open that door and let people come and meet Jesus. A couple of years ago, uh, we had a visitor here in church. I actually can't remember her name, so I'm just going to call her Sarah. Um, And at the end of uh, his sermon, Dave was preaching on that day that she was visiting. I think she was visiting her sister. Uh, And Dave was leading a time of prayer ministry. And he encouraged anybody who was perhaps feeling anxious for a member of their family uh, to come forward for prayer. Uh, And Sarah was feeling particularly anxious uh, at that time for her adult uh, son. And so she felt prompted by God to come forward uh, for prayer ministry. Later, it it might have been the next day uh, when she told me the story, uh, she was on the phone to her son who uh, lives uh, somewhere in England, I think it was London, and somehow the conversation uh, came round to how she'd been praying for him in church the day before. And he just sort of paused in the conversation, and he said to her, you know, what time, mum, were you praying for me in church in Edinburgh yesterday? And she said, well, it it must have been about 10 past 12 uh, at that point of the service. And he said, you won't believe this. But at exactly the time that you are praying at P's and G's in Edinburgh with some random person for me, I was walking down this street where I lived. And suddenly this man was walking towards me that I'd never seen in my life. And he suddenly stops and he said to me, God wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten you and he loves you. And as you can imagine, they were pretty blown away 
by God in that moment, in that phone call. And the lady, Sarah, she came back to P's and G's uh, the next Sunday to tell me what had happened. And it was just an incredible reminder to me that the Holy Spirit speaks powerfully and specifically into people's lives in pretty mind-blowing ways sometimes. And in those moments, he shows us how he sees us and how he cares and how he loves us deeply. But it also reminded me how all those people along the way were watching, being watchful and listening for what God was saying, being attentive. You know, Dave was speaking in that moment, listening listening to the Spirit prompting him. Sarah was attentive to God as she came forward to prayer. The prayer team who are praying for him were listening for the Holy Spirit. And then that guy who stopped uh, her son in the street, uh, that person had listened to God speak to him and then was bold enough and courageous enough to share what he'd heard with a stranger. You know, when we devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, then we're practicing being in the presence of God. We're opening ourselves to him. We're inviting the Spirit to speak to us, and we need to be ready for when the Spirit prompts us. We're to speak to God about people. And secondly, we're to speak to people about God. Here in Colossians 4, Paul asked the Christians in Colossae Colossae, uh, to pray for him, verses 3 and 4, to pray for him. Now, he sat in prison at this point, okay? So you would imagine that his prayer, what he'll be asking for, is that people pray that he can get out of prison. But no, he prays for something completely different. He says, I pray pray that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. He's basically saying, don't worry about me in prison. Just pray that I can proclaim the message of Jesus, that I can speak about God where he's put me in this moment. Paul knows, you see, that God has given him opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus perhaps with his guards, perhaps with the people who are alongside him in that place, perhaps with people who are coming to visit him to ask him questions about Jesus and wrestle uh, with faith in him. And he wants people to pray that he might take the opportunities and proclaim the mystery of Jesus. And then he goes on and he gives them some instructions about how they are to speak to people about God. Verses five and six, he says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, the words that you use, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may be able to answer everyone. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, your speech be full of grace. May it be interesting. May it be spicy with Jesus. Did you notice he doesn't say to them, right, okay, what you need to do is you need to pray that you have an opportunity to go and preach on a street corner or evangelize. 
to bash your heads at your mates over the heads with your faith on a daily basis. He just tells them, be wise, and to make the most of every opportunity, and to speak well, and to be ready to answer the questions when they come, because they will come. Because Paul is so confident that as these Christians live the way of Jesus, as they act with love and kindness to people in their communities, the people they work and live amongst, that people will start to ask questions, like Bruce did of those people that came into his salon and he found out they were Christians. They'll start to ask questions. So the pressure's off us in a way. You know, you don't need to finish a meeting at work and stand up and say, right, guys, I need to tell you the gospel of Jesus in this moment. You don't need to take your soapbox into St. James's Quarter and stand on it and be a street preacher. Some people are called to speak in that way, but not all of us are. But we all need to be ready and willing to respond to the questions that people have when they notice something about us. Why is it that you decided not to move in with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? You know, surely that would make life far more straightforward. Why are you so kind? You know, why, why does it feel like you have like this deep joy? Where does that come from? You know, how did you overcome that anxiety that you used to deal with? And why on earth do you go to church? Do people even go to church nowadays? In 1 Peter 3, verse 15, we're told this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have and do it with gentleness and respect. Always be ready to give an answer because people will ask you questions if you're living out your faith authentically. And so how do we prepare for those moments? I mean, it sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? Always be ready to give an answer. For the time when the, your friend asks you, you know, why, why do you have faith? What do you believe in? Top tips, pray. Pray, speak to God about people and ask for those opportunities. Ask for courage. Ask God to give you the words and those opportunities. I can't tell you the number of times uh, where people have gone what, you're a vicar? Why are you a vicar? And in those moments, what I do is I literally take a second and I pray. I pray and I say, God, help me. Uh, Not because I'm a vicar. (laughs) Um, But, you know, God, help me. Give me some words. Give me a way to explain my faith in you in this moment. Help this conversation to be open and compassionate and kind. Pray and prepare. We can prepare our hearts by, you know, reading the Bible. We always say this, the answer is read the Bible, but it's true. Read the Bible and pray. Every moment you spend reading your Bible, you're spending time getting to know Jesus better, getting to know his heart. Pray, be preparing for those moments when people ask you why. 
And as you prepare your hearts by getting to know Jesus better, by reading the Bible and praying, you'll be deepening in your faith and understanding. But also we can be a bit more deliberate than that in our preparation as well. What, when most people ask us, why do you have the faith that they, you have? They don't necessarily want you to explain the whole problem of suffering uh, to them in that moment. But what they want to hear is your story. Because it's you that they're interested in. So we can think through, how would we share our story? How would we share, a bit like Bruce has done tonight, what Jesus has done in our lives? Just three questions that might help you. Do take a picture of these and perhaps think through them, jot them down, write under these headings uh, this week. Prepare for, to be able to give an answer for your faith. What is my story? How did I come to know Jesus? What do I believe? If somebody asks me, what do Christians believe? What, what will I answer? What difference does my faith make to my life on a daily basis? And if you know that your mates are the sort of mates that are going to ask you really difficult questions and you haven't got a clue how to answer them, always be ready to say, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. And then go to a website like bethinking.org and that gives you all the answers that clever theologians think of. Prepare, pray, prepare, and then pray again. Lastly, commit to pray for your friends, your family members, your colleagues, and pray that Jesus would soften their hearts, but also that he would make you ready to make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let's just pray for a moment. Just in this moment of quiet, there might be something uh, as we've explored this passage in Colossians 4 that's really resonated with you. I'd encourage you to just lift it to God, to maybe pray into it, jot it down on your phone so you don't forget it when tonight has passed. What has Jesus been speaking to you about? What has he been uh, sort of reminding you of? It might be the name of somebody that you need to be praying for or sharing your faith with. Let's just spend this moment listening for God. Jesus, help us to have hearts that are open to you. Soften our hearts to the people that you've put in our lives. Give us a desire and a passion and a love for those people that we long to come to know you. Help us to devote ourselves 
to pray, to pray for those people, to be watchful, to watch out for what you're doing in their lives, to be thankful for all that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. And God, give us courage and boldness. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. Maybe it'll be in a week's time, in a month, in a year to give an answer, to give a reason for the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.